All right, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of the Martin's World podcast. Just to remind you guys, if you want to support the show, support Fight for Cannabis Legalization in Ireland, uh, you can sign up to the patreon.com forward slash Martin's World. Or you can also make a donation in the form of cryptocurrency on the links found over on martinsworld.ie. So uh, welcome everybody to um, episode 38 of the Martin's World podcast. And uh, I'm absolutely honoured to have along with me uh, this evening uh, Lisa Middleton, uh, who joins me um, to, to share with me just uh, her experiences as to how cannabis prohibition has had an, a drastic effect on her life and also has impeded on our ability to, to kind of alleviate the, con- the conditions there of our terminal illness. Um, so Lisa, welcome along this evening and uh, again thanks very much for taking the time out of your evening to, to join me on the podcast. Um, but if you could just um, tell me, I suppose, where, where did this um, all start for you in your journey with cannabis? Were, were you um, always a consumer of cannabis uh, in the past? or? Yes, yes. Uh, thanks for having me on firstly. Um, I have I've sort of consumed, consumed cannabis for 20 plus years. Um, younger years in my younger days it was more of a recreational but now as I sort of look back on that it was sort of it's helping my mental health so it was medical even though do you know what I mean but as I got diagnosed with my illnesses a couple of years back for nearly five years ago now I've noticed that it helped massively with my health conditions but yeah, I mean, probably it's probably about twenty five years I've consumed cannabis for. Twenty five years, okay. And which are health condition? And when when about did that develop, or when did that become kind of uh, more more apparent to you? Um, I didn't even know it was caught by chance. Really, I got no symptoms whatsoever. Um, as it turns out, I was born with heart disease, uh, but. No one knew I wasn't tested, um, and it was because I was suffering circulation problems with my hands. Okay. Uh, then through that, I was sent for an echocardiogram done as a sort of check it off list. Your yeah. health there, you got no symptoms, no signs, but it's a we can check it off that it isn't anything wrong with your heart. Went for echocardiogram doing, and I was called back into hospital about two days after that. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, there was something wrong with your heart. You got your heart's failing. And wow, like what what happens from there? Then is there like a a, a treatment for that? Is there like a, a you're on other drugs? I suppose for for that is there long term medication, uh, heart medication, but only minimal. Yeah, because I've got other health conditions that interact with any other medication that I have. Yeah, and I following as well to a lot of medications and then they any other medications have a bad effect on my other health conditions as well so I'm on minimal basically heart med okay yeah interesting because um did they have you on anything like uh beta blockers or uh those kind of drugs um, I can't have beta blockers I'm intolerant they have you're intolerant opposite, okay opposite reaction effects of what they showed Interesting, yeah, because uh, I was only chatting with a, a pal the other day and uh, he was having issues with his heart, but uh, he got prescribed uh, beta blockers as part of his treatment. And um, he's a regular consumer of cannabis as well. Not, not a daily consumer, would smoke at the weekends, uh, he says, but uh, he had a, a smoke one evening um, after being prescribed these drugs and uh, he was passing out. 
but apparently there was an interaction there and uh, his doctor was aware of the fact that he was consuming cannabis but I suppose yeah. the doctor wasn't aware that there was a, a drug to drug interaction between the can- uh, cannabis and the, the, yeah. the beta blockers um, so yeah I was just curious if you were to be prescribed those then as well as, as you're a consumer of cannabis so, so the beta blockers had the opposite effect, intended effect um, so how, yeah. how where, where does the cannabis, what, what role does that play? Is it to deal with the symptoms of the condition or is it uh, helping with the, the condition itself? I think it helps with, with a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I smoke cannabis rather than taking a, a capsule or purely because it gives me more of that umbrella effect, sort mm-hmm. of treat pretty much every single I need the munchies because I've got dental <laughs> problems as well. Yeah. Because of the late diagnosis of my heart problems, yeah. that then had a massive knock-on effect. And is I've actually got worst kind worst gum disease that you can get. But I've gone straight in at stage four. Mm-hmm. I've had no symptoms whatsoever that anything's been wrong because my jaw bone's actually deteriorating. So there's nothing wrong with my teeth. I've just got not enough bone to hold my teeth in my face. So oh. I smoke cannabis. But then it, because of my heart condition, that has a massive impact on your appetite. Yeah. Because you've got food in your lungs. That then obviously is putting pressure on your, your other internal organs. So there's fluid building up in your lungs as well at the same time? They say it's fluid, but it's actually blood. No way. It's the, it's the blood that can't, because your heart's lost its pump function okay. and can't pump enough blood out. Yeah, there's so it's a, pooling almost there, right? Yeah, there's a pooling, and then that obviously black, backs up, and yeah. then that starts to actually fill up into your lungs. Mm-hmm. That's when the diagnosure is being like heart failure, congestive heart failure, because you can hear fluid mm-hmm. in your lungs. But then that has a knock-on effect then. If rest of your body isn't getting enough blood then that has a knock-on effect with the organs of your body it holds on to that's why you get fluid retention and it messes with your appetite but that that must be scary as well like you know outside of messing with your appetite you know that must play in your mind which which again is going to really just play on your appetite too yeah yeah it's a vicious circle because when you first get diagnosed something like that is it's like, first, how can I be so ill and not even know? Yeah. And then when you think, well, your heart is the main organ of your body that basically controls everything, your brain, everything. You think you can just drop dead at any minute mm-hmm. until you finally like, got, got comfortable with living with it. it. It's, And then you've got to sort of grieve for stuff that in future... Because you've lost your health, it's yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, I can, I can see where the the cannabis would really come in handy there. I suppose like not not only just the appetite stimulation, but but even just to help deal with the the anxiety, you know, the the worries there because it really grounds you in the present. Um, whereas you know, um, I'd imagine that they've probably tried to prescribe you with like all sort of uh antipsychotic type of related drugs, you know, that to, to help with uh, or they probably would have tried to anyway at least. Um, to deal with that uh, diagnosis? Uh, no, well, that's another thing, the care after the, and the actual, that sort of counselling if you want, so mm-hmm. deal, there is none of that. None? It, 
Basically, I walked into the doctor's office for results of a myocardiogram, and within 20 minutes, I'm walking back out being told that I'm seriously ill, and you, you see you bye. That's that's crazy to think. Like, I, I would have assumed that, that there would have been, okay, and her, here's a pathway plan for you now. Like, there's an aftercare. Go talk to this no. person because, obviously, you know, when you get a diagnosis like this, it's it's a lot to take on. So maybe you need somebody to talk to because not everybody has somebody to talk to at home. Like, I think yeah. that, that should be, like, yeah. a first thing a doctor should be sussing out. Like, have you, have you got somebody to talk to when you go home? If not, you know, would you need me to refer you to some? Exactly. exactly. No, it's... But then from that initial diagnosis, then I got sent to genetics because they had to find out why my heart was actually failing because I didn't know why my heart was failing. Mm -hmm. So that was another journey that took probably about eight, well, quite a few good months for them to figure out what the problem problem were. Yeah. Jeez. And I suppose um, for for you then, this condition that led to you needing to rely more on the cannabis then as uh, to deal with you know to help with the appetite and to deal with any anxieties and issues that were yeah. there then as well and um, because y- your condition is not limited to your heart then either is it it's uh, you've uh, i've also read that you've got um uh spond jeez uh, uh, i'm just looking at it. there was a couple spondylosis that that was the one and spondylosis in my neck which is a degenerated generative yes. condition anyway um, but when I got diagnosed, I was born with um, hand differences. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, born with that, I had an operation done when I was three to reconstruct one of my fingers into a thumb. Did that, just cracked on my life like you do. Then as soon as I got diagnosed with my heart problem, yeah. then they straight away diagnosed me with Holorum syndrome. Holorum, what's that? There's a connection between heart problems and hand problems. Okay. So it's basically a whole orum syndrome, but it's also called heart and hand syndrome because apparently 98% of kids that are born with upper limb uh, differences have also got heart def- heart defects as well. Okay, so had they known this at the time, they might have been able to kind of been able to investigate and help you earlier yeah. and maybe... Well, it makes it even worse is my mum has got heart problems, so there's a family history of heart problems. Yeah, well, I've family history of heart uh, problems as well. My my dad had a heart attack at 39, and his dad passed away from a heart attack. I believe he was um, in his mid fifties, mid to late fifties thereabouts. So I've always been heart conscious myself as well, keeping the fitness and the the app or the diet and stuff like that in check. Um, but I would always be just a bit conscious about it. Um, but but uh, you're not the first person I spoke to actually who's had um, spondylosis. I, I had on a uh, Jennifer uh, Jen Devlin. Um, she is also a fibromyalgia sufferer, and uh, she has a, a form of uh, ankylo- ankylosing spondylosis. It's uh, another rare form of it, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. But but again, the cannabis uh, helps her tremendously as well with that condition. And yeah. So for you, you were relying on the criminals, I suppose, the the guys out there on the streets to to supply you with cannabis to a point, and you it just got too much. Um, you were running a hairdressers as well. Did, did that? Uh, I was. Yeah, I got my own business. I was self-employed. Yeah. Um, for sixteen years too, wasn't it? Pardon? You were self-employed for like sixteen years. Is that right? 
16 years in total, yeah, I got my salon for just over 10 years. Oh, well, well done. Myself, worked up from nothing, um, loving work. Yeah. And just before Christmas, my landlord decided, I want you out for what reason, I don't know. Of the where the hairdressers was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And was it anything to do with the COVID or stuff? Did that impact it at all? Or was... <laughs> I mean, all this sort of happened. This was 2017. Oh, 2017. Where I was and it was 2018 when I got bust. Okay. So so when you lost your business, then I suppose you would have been having some financial troubles and you decided to start growing your own cannabis then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I lost my business. So I lost my income, my in, me, um everything yeah. I'd, I'd literally got nothing i'd been made homeless as well prior to this because of a relationship breakdown so back at my dad's house but mm-hmm. technically i'm homeless um no income lost my business it benefits people lost my paperwork twice i had no state benefit Jeez. from december 2017 until june 2018 for over six months i had no state benefit and what i was entitled to what a backward system so i've been diagnosed with my heart failure three months later i lost my business the month no two months after that i found out i was targeted to a hate page on facebook that was targeting me and my health conditions then the month after that i got bust with cannabis what kind of a horrible person would target you because of your health conditions? Like, what crazy people are out there? Like, that's more horrible than the people who kick in your door and take away your cannabis plants. <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotten people. Well, then people that kick in his door and take cannabis plants weren't prepared to do anything about this hate page. Even Co- though yeah. 2,000 people viewed it and commented on it. Yeah. Because no one directly co- contacted me. They were not prepared to do anything. Jeez, that but is a... months after they're banging me door and arresting me for a plan. <laughs> yeah. So how, how long, um, yeah, you were only growing for eight weeks? So you, you were just like, just seeing the flowers starting to put flower, like uh, come into form, yeah? Well, my charge sheet, I've got it framed in my kitchen, actually. Do you? <laughs> Very nice. And I think dates on my charge sheet are from 1st of February 2018 to the 26th of April 2018. Jeez. Produce of cannabis. There's no intent to supply on there, literally, produce of cannabis. Just for the production. The- so, yeah, I've got five mature plants that were ready for cropping at rest for babies. <laughs> they said 56 plants you were caught with in that raid, was it? 56 in total. Five were mature and rest for like less than eight weeks old. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've had situations like even over the summer there when I, I was um, doing a bit of a campaign here in Ireland, I was planting plants out around the place. I, I found myself in a situation where I had like uh, 50 plants like uh, all around me on stage drive, driving across the city. And I was like, oh, yeah, better be careful there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, but, but like, I wasn't like if I was still getting pulled over in that, that the headline would have read, you know, um, caught with did uh, the value of those plants at 800 euro each here in Ireland. Um, so they would have been putting that value at like is it thirty or forty thousand euro worth of? We valued of forty grand because it's similar. Grand. 
CPS value kind of is planet 840 quid, I think it is. But then they also value a rooted clone for £840, an unrooted clone at £840, waste leaf material £840. So it doesn't matter what stage your plant is at, whether it's rooted or not, it's still all getting valued at same at 840 quid. They got me down at 40 grand's worth. 40 grand's worth they brought you to... And you didn't, yeah. you, they, they, after them, it, it took them three years to, to, for like for when you got caught to actually get dealt with. Uh, it was in, only in June 2020 you got dealt with? It, yeah, 27 months after I was arrested is when I received my sentence, 27 that, months after. That's a punishment in and of itself, like, having to wait that length of time. Yeah. Like, and, and dealing with your health conditions on top of that, like this added anxiety, this added worry. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I... Potentially, I was looking at four years custodial. Four years, yeah, you were looking at. Yeah, I was looking at between four and six years custodial. Um, For what, like? I've done my sentence twice over voluntary. I was released under investigation for 22 months before I got my charge. Did they have no competence there at all within this... uh... Like, not here in our, our bloody Garda force and, and not over there in your police force, like, it seems. You've obviously heard of uh, Trev Coleman and uh, what happened to him there in his situation. He's down in, uh, I think it was in Durham. Have you heard of Trev? I've heard of his name. I, I don't know details, but I have sort of heard of his name sort of floating about, yeah. But but yeah. the cops apparently down there have, like, this kind of unspo- like this unwritten rule that they're not going to interfere with people who grow cannabis for their own personal reasons. Yeah. That I do remember, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. He, he he was getting broke into, and he rang the cops, thinking that the cops are going to come help him. And the cops came, and they were like, "Hey, you've got cannabis plants here. We're we're, we're nicking you." <laughs> oh, that's dirty. Like, that it's was... very bad. Like they, they just oh. have no competence. Like you know, it's, it's it's like one hand is not talking to the other hand at all. Like that, there's just no proper communication there within them. Like because even in the UK now, like um, and I know this is, it's it probably wasn't active at the time. Um, I think it would have been in, in its infancy, but um, Carly, who's uh, set up the can card over there, um, Carly Bar- Burton, I, I think is her surname. Um, but at the time she had what was said to be, was it Carly's Amnesty? I think that came about yeah, like 2018, 2019, that. I think that was. Like, yeah. we know the cannabis is medicinal and we know people are using it for medicinal reasons. But we're still allowing our state to go and terrorize their citizens, you know, like... Who is who is your victim? Like, uh, where where is the where is what's the warrant? Like, what warrants them being able to come in and invade? Like, your, not only your privacy, like, but your your home, your home, yeah. and, and take away something that's giving you a quality of life. Like, exactly. What justifies exactly. that? Where is the justification of it? I I just can't see it. No, I don't. I don't. Especially when it's like you find out that UK government are exporting. Yeah. And the biggest export world of cannabis to other countries, but yet denying UK citizens the right to actually use it. But then they're growing it in government-funded yeah. facilities. There we the go. Biggest, the biggest facility in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're growing over... Oh, it's a ridiculous amount. And the street value is yeah. but. They're exporting it to other countries, but yet saying it's got no medicinal value and such a lie. Like. 
It's not lies. It's just a straight up lie. Um, and people still buy it. There's still and not not a lot, but there's there's enough like out there who still question the legitimacy yeah. of cannabis as a medicine. And you're just like, come here, yeah. we've got like an, an unquestionable amount of kids there who are seizure free currently, thanks to cannabis. How can you tell me it's not a fucking medicine? Like, oh my god! And then we've got chronic pain patients out there, like to beat the band, and they're all like, jump saying, "Hey, this helps me. This alleviates my pain. This makes my life better." Yeah. And, and I mean, me personally, without cannabis, with kind of, I can I can function as normally as what I can. Mm-hmm. Without cannabis, it allows me to function. Without it, there is just no way I can function because I'm in that much pain with my neck and my shoulders, my back. Yeah. Everything else with it. Plus, <laughs> then it's my appetite. It helps with my nausea that I suffer with in the morning because of congestion in my lungs. Obviously, when I get up in the morning, I'm coughing up. Yeah. It can make me feeling very nauseous. So, my split first thing in the morning, helps that's like me uh, having a cup of coffee. It's, yeah. That settles me. Sets me up for a day, really. Lovely. Yeah. And how much cannabis throughout the day would you be requiring then, uh, uh, just to keep your conditions at, at bay on average? It it depends. It depends on where I'm sourcing it from. On uh, every grow is different in it. Yeah, I, when... I, I hate. Yeah, that, that that's an unfortunate thing. The hair is like where you're sourcing it from. You would wish that a patient would be able to say like, well, this much of this strain, yeah. and it, I'm able to get it consistently. It just breaks my heart yeah. to hear, you know, like this, that you're obviously yeah. not getting that consistency. No, I'm still having to chase it and dealing with little boys, <laughs> really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, young tugs. <laughs> yeah. They want to be gangsters. Yeah, I know a few of those out there, all right. And uh, that's it. I'm 45. I shouldn't need to be mixing with these people. No. Responsible person. I'm an intelligent person. I'm not a criminal. I should just be able to left alone, do what I need to do, and grow my own meds without trouble. Yeah, no, you're spot on. There's a lot of people in the audience here as well. Support uh, supports what you're doing, and uh, there's a lot of people coming in. And thank, uh, you. thank you, everybody. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, but because you're you're not alone in this. Like uh, as we say here chatting, I'd imagine there's other people out there in the audience. Now I I see green tea out there in the audience, and uh, green tea is uh, a carer here in Ireland, and uh, her husband, um, he's after getting respite recently, and I think green tea is having a bit of uh, respite time for herself as well. Uh, much well deserved. Yeah. Well, her husband has a late stage MS, uh, it's really debilitating. Yeah. And um, like the, the caring she does for him requires up to like three or four people to do it. And she does it alone, um, mainly yeah. because of the fact she grows cannabis for him. She grows cannabis where she cares for him. She can't have any extra people to, to, to help out as she would be entitled yeah. to. And it, like, the, you're so guarded, don't you? Mm everyday life when stuff like that comes up and nobody knows when stuff's going to come up like that in your life you have to sort of then segregate yourself from society to protect yourself yeah and that in turn is damaging to to a person's psyche to your mental health it's like who who can you let your barrier down to you find yourself like trusting nobody and it's like oh i'm so alone it's so wrong that we're forced into having to do that Mm -hmm. Be a basic clean it. Yeah. 
and it's it's just so wrong. Things need changing. They really do. Yeah. Can, can I ask at at the time when um the, the raid happened and stuff like how were the police and their attitude towards you and um in carrying out the raid? You know, were they respectable towards your home and your property then at all? Uh, well, that's that's quite funny because well, the amount of police that turned up were ridiculous. <laughs> you would have terrorists, some sort of terrorist had been living there. I was waiting for army rolling up. There are about eight police cars outside. Police lined up all the way from top of the stairs, all the way downstairs, through the kitchen, through round back, downside the house, down the drive to the gateway at bottom of the drive. The police lined up all that way. That is absolutely yes, it's crazy. Like, who the hell did they think they were coming to bust? Yeah, yeah. I mean, way to throw. <laughs> right. Um, but the first person's face that I saw, first person, policeman, were a kid I went to school with. Really? Okay. So that, and and did he, he obviously knew where he was going. I think he would have given an old text or something like, hey, Lisa, can I get rid of the friends? So I was homeless because everything, I'd, I'd lost everything. I'd lost me sort of home price. Yeah. But I kept business going. I put everything into my business and working sort yeah. of thing. Um, so, so he'd have just come to this address not knowing yeah. who it were. Was this your parents' uh, house then, so was it? Uh, no, it were at my friend's house. Uh-huh. I ended up, from my dad, I ended up staying up at my friend's house because I was getting more trouble at my dad's sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I went up to my friend's. Yeah. They had been, they'd grown it in past. Mm-hmm. They'd not grown for about eight years, but they'd grown it in past. Uh, they knew that I was struggling to source it and financially be able to buy it anyway because I got no money. Yeah, and they were like, "Pop up a tent if you want." Yeah, sound of them. Fair play to them. Like uh, whoever they are out yeah. there, like well done. <laughs> and I did, and then uh, oh, rest history as you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, and and how do you think that that came about? Because um, I read you like you, you don't have a criminal history. You've not been in trouble with the law, and like you're you're in your forties, uh, like. To get to your forties and not get in trouble with the law, like that's an achievement to, to do. Like, <laughs> so. um, what? Sorry, what? What did? Oh, what yeah. question? How do you think the the raid came about? You know, um, what what made them target your friends? Grass. I think it was my ex, because the month before I were busted, I was I found out about this hate page that was set up by my ex stepdaughter. Mm-hmm after years of being separated from my dad and having no contact with these people, I just don't even know why someone would want to do that. And I think because she got a bit of backlash from that, she was actually NHS children's nurse when okay. she did this page. And if, so I've obviously got in touch with hospital and said, do you think this is right? One of your staff to be making this page up. Mm-hmm. A name was there, a picture. There were no denying it. We read what wrote what she wrote. Yeah. So I think me doing that and her getting reprimanded then at work, she wanted payback because it didn't exactly work out as what she wanted it to work out when she started the hate page. So so this is kind of like almost another example is that the white prohibition shouldn't be your own because people will just use this as a way to get back at somebody. It's like yeah. if you know somebody is a cannabis consumer, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just tell the cops there that they're, they have a load of weed in their gaff and before you know it, you got the SWAT team kicking in your fucking door. Like. They know I smoked it. They know I was consuming it. Yeah. So I've 
And in her mind, she'll have thought, yeah, I'll grass her up. Worse and worse and worse, they're going to get away um, possession. They're mm-hmm. going to get away something, they'll get away possession. Because nobody knew that I were growing. I take it quiet, nobody knew. Yeah, so they, they kept thought they were coming in for a couple of bags, maybe a couple of ounces or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Okay, it's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. The, the court case then it was uh, it was rather drawn out. Um, how did that uh, go? How many times did you even have to go to court for for this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a complete joke from start to finish. Mm. I'm not even finishing yet. Because <laughs> uh, you're um, you're only on bail still, on it, isn't it? Or I'm, I'm on my probation. I finished probation. my probation. Probation. January. Yeah. Um, I went. You in trouble for this now tonight? No. <laughs> Four and a half years to do an 18 months suspended. <laughs> Stop. Uh, as far as you're concerned, you're well done. So, uh, I went to magistrates um, February. It was St. Paddy's Day, actually. I were in magistrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first appearance in court where I refused to enter a plea. I was not pleading guilty in magistrates because I knew it was going to have to go to Crown. So, I uh, my solicitor were trying to push me and trying to scare me into not pleading guilty. And uh, I'm like, Simon, there is just no way on this earth I can plead guilty. No way. Mm-hmm. I am not pleading guilty. I'm pleading no plea. So I plead no plea in magistrates. It has to get transferred to Crown anyway because I'm out of plans. Because um, of the value, yeah. Yeah. As I'm waiting for the date coming through for Crown, um, then it's getting sort of into lockdown where the government so are we are we gonna lock down aren't we gonna lock down <laughs> so i ended up gonna crown to enter my plea i entered guilt a in crown mm-hmm. um purely for fact is i was scared to death going to prison <laughs> <laughs> you were terrified uh, yeah so you were terrorized yeah. effectively basically and the amount of, the length of time that it had gone off I mean, the time where I were actually in court giving my plea, this is like nearly three years after the event. So my life's completely changed in three years. I'm in my own place. I've got my own place. I'm sorted. Life's looking up. And I, I could not risk even losing all that after I've only just got it all back. Yeah. Um, I'm in a completely different place altogether. But I went in to give my enter my plea in crown and then i think it was day after we went in lockdown oh really yeah so everything got delayed for another three months because it was lockdown well so when you went into your plea this they still that wasn't it like you'd come back then for them to, to kind of accept it yeah, so then i had to wait another three months for course to open up again and everything after restrictions to go back and get for my sentencing do you think it's just like the, given the pandemic, the, 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 oh, every, the light of everything's going on, it's just like, come here, look, you grew with a, pl- a few plants there, going away, look, we forget about this. <laughs> I ended up having got a sentencing twice. Oh, stop. Who has to go to sentencing twice? That is absolutely crazy, like. And try... Well, oh, go on, they won't, they won't accept my reasons of plea. What, sorry, what? I had to add bit extra into my plea and then go back two weeks after for him to accept it and then sentence me. What do you mean they wouldn't accept your reasons for plea if you're, you're pleading guilty? What, what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they want it because I know that I weren't that I weren't <laughs> that I weren't being sincere. <laughs> <laughs> 
how can you fucking be sincere like or like how can you actually give them ins- like if they wanted an apology like you're not going to be sorry about this they took my phone and i had text one person and told this person that i could trust with my life mm-hmm. what i were doing and they completely understand it uh, plus i knew this person didn't know the address where i was staying so i knew that i'd cover my back and safe is safe um so, but they got this one text of me saying, I know I'm breaking law and I know it's illegal, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's illegally so healed. That text, that's why they won't accept my reasons of plea. So <laughs> I had to add in, I know you've got a text in evidence saying that I didn't care, but two years ago, well, nearly three years ago, I didn't care <laughs> because... Going to prison would have been a better reality of what I was actually having to live in and yeah. deal with at the time. But two years ago is a long time ago, and mm. now my life is completely different, and I'm in a completely different situation. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Complete joke. I think, are you taking Mick now? Seriously. <sighs> and what did I do? It was an 18 month suspended. Uh, so you're on probation for the 18 months. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Uh-huh. Uh, 60 raw days, which is a rehabilitation activity requirement. What, 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 <laughs> what, what's that like? It's basically a women's group where you have to sit with this woman who runs group talking about rubbish <laughs> that's not relevant to <laughs> anything. And who, who pays for this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We did find we did actually do a few interesting sessions that I got my teeth right into about we did do some sessions about criminal justice system and costs of what it costs <laughs> to send someone on a custodial for 12 months nice. in thing is to somebody doing a community or a suspended sentence for 12 months and percentages of people in prisons and stuff like that. Yeah. That was pretty interesting, but I always got booted when it came to government. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, you, you've got uh, some emotional uh, some emotions there that you'd like to express around the, the government. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, I was really naive when, I think, because it's been going on for so long, and when it finally got to sentencing, I'm thinking, yes, finally, it's finished, finally. But I was so wrong because it it, it's only just started. I never even thought about after, because I, I really thought I was going to prison. So I prepared myself mentally for that. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about what happens if I don't go to prison and all the stipulations and hoops you've got to jump through to prove you're a good person and a good member of society. As if you're a bad person for growing a plant to, to help with your own health conditions. It's what a backwards way of thinking. Like it's a, how does this still exist today with what we know about this plant? Like it's my mind is really boggled around this uh, this whole aspect. Like the, the, it affected me really badly. Yeah. Um I I still now can't even talk about it without crying. It's really at that. Yeah. No, I I, I can definitely uh, sympathize with you there and, and feel with you because uh, I I still would get emotional myself with what I had to go through. I were having to participate in a group where all the other women in the group had just come out of prison after doing substantial sentences, not for growing a plant, for proper crimes. And now I found out I'm lumped into a group with people like that that do need rehabilitating into the community. 
I'm sorry, but no, I find that very insulting. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is, and it's just it's incredibly degrading as well, you know, because your your crime is not a crime. Like you, you didn't need rehabilitation. Like you didn't need to talk about anything. Like if anything, you you needed that fucking group after you got your diagnosis from your doctor. Like you know, they, they didn't have that service there for you when you get that diagnosis. But meanwhile, you get caught growing a fucking couple of plants and they can provide it for you then all of a sudden. Exactly. I mean, the first Zoom group, because it was done on Zoom and that, and we've got all the faces, whoever's in there, like, who's, like, in the group. And I think it lasted probably 10 minutes the first day. Really, yeah. And I had a complete meltdown. Okay. I was still my weekly probation, phone calls then. I couldn't even talk to her. I think phone calls when she phoned me, she's like, how are you this week? I'm like... She went, right, I can tell that you're not all right, I'll phone you next week. She didn't even speak to me for the first four weeks because I couldn't physically yeah. speak. Yeah, yeah. So, so like that, this prohibition really just messed up your mental health for that, that point, that time. Like, um, how, how long did that kind of go on for? Like, uh, at what point did things just start turning? Still, I'm in there, obviously, because it has really. Yeah. Um, I think the only good thing that the criminal justice system did, because I know I needed to speak to somebody, I needed some help. Yeah. Because of lockdown, everything, mental health places, counselling places, mm-hmm. they were all closed. Um, mind um, were closed. The waiting lists were closed. Mentioned it to my probation. And luckily, well, luckily, because now I'm in the system, <laughs> mind hold so many places open for people that are in the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. So my probation officer referred me for my initial thing with my counsellor at Mind. Um, and I think I thought I'm counselling week after. Okay. So, that... so I three, my whole sessions with my Mind counsellor every week, the whole shebang, starting pretty much straight away. There were no waiting. And I can easily say that without that, I wouldn't have got. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't got. have got through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I could, I can see how the struggles would, would rise there. Jeez, I'm fucking going mad. We're not in the same room now because I kind of want to just reach out and give you a big hug because uh, that's an absolutely horrible thing to, to have to go through. Like, and uh, it, it's just really like this is just more fuel for me to continue to, to challenge these laws because you know you're you're not alone in this. Like well, while you're here speaking out, there, there's probably another ninety nine people out there for yeah. ashamed to speak out. You know that they're ashamed of what they've done almost. You know that they're they're broken by the system. You know and and, and that's what they, they set out to do. When I first got busted and arrested. Um, when I came home that day, but where were the the mess the police had made was disgusting, disgusting. Really, uh, yeah. They'd broken the bulbs; they were broken glass all over. Soil was stored purposely into the carpet. Tent had been ripped up. Everything being ripped off wall. All extraction. Everything just ripped down, dangling from ceiling. It looked like I'd been burgled. Jeez, that that's horrible. Like you know, th- th- that's a very similar situation that a friend of mine experienced here um, in Cork. He he, uh, he was grown for his own med- medical uh, reasons, mental health problems, and um, 
the the cops came. It wasn't even the cops. He was out at mass one morning, if you believe this, and um, the, he had a faulty fire alarm in his apartment building. And the fire brigade yeah. came and they had to kick in his door because he wasn't there and they had to make sure that the place was safe, even though it wasn't even his fire alarm going off anyway. Long story short, the, the fire brigade found the um, the plants that the, they called the guards. The guards came in. The guards took his plants, but they didn't just take his plants. They, they ransacked his whole house. They, they emptied a bag of flour uh, all over his kitchen floor, like uh, like going through that. They, they emptied like loads of stuff all over the place. And like you said, they, they cut up the tent. They bent all the bars of the tent. They, um, they, yeah. they didn't take the, yeah. the soil, they, as you said, no, they, they actually stood on the pots. So they broke the pots with the soil still, on, still in them. So. That that what they did to them. With mine, it's like they just ticked. Yeah. Because it, it's like... They must get trained yeah. the same way to do it. But it's like... Stummy. When I got arrested, I, I, I was locked up. I was put in cell for six hours. Then they interviewed me, took me home. The day after, one of my arresting officers came back to see if I was all right. Okay. When did they ever do that? Yeah. Uh, well, and then person it, sa- a couple of days later, well, it's that shame straight away. It's like, my God. It's like you've been catapulted into this different world completely altogether when you've not had no dealings with police, never been in trouble, never even been in a police station in your life before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're in a cell, locked up. But um, and it's like, what the hell's just happened to my life? Then a girl that lived up road came down at probably two days after. Um, I'd been impressed. I'd been in press, two stories in the press while I was still in custody. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they put out the stories without your knowledge at all? So... While I was still in custody, so I felt like dead man walking. Yeah. Literally, it felt like from having my own business in like the hub of community where people used to call in just to have a cuppa in a chat to then all of, all of a sudden being slammed in paper, growing cannabis, arrested, £40,000 of the drugs to then basically being shunned in community. I felt like dead man walking. Jeez. And it's literally one of them where it's like, right, I've got to either take complete ownership of this shit now yeah, or it is just going to do me in and that is going to be game over, done. Jeez, like, I, I can't imagine what that must have been like to, to, to have to go through that all at the same time as dealing with, with your own health condition and on top of that. Like, um, did, did you ever reach out to, um, then for help from any of the pol- political parties or any of the politicians uh, within even your own local area? Um, did any of them come to, to give you assistance there? Um, I haven't sort of thing with the cannabis with my MPs. One of my MPs were really good actually with my benefits when I needed to get my benefits sorted. Okay. She was really good on that sort of thing. But with all this, I think after all arrest and being busted and coming out, it takes you a bit of time to actually process that anyway. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was paralyzed for until I'd actually processed it in my mind what the hell had actually happened and what the hell's gonna be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just all been a whirlwind where I've not really even, it's like, oh dear. So is that official people, like any politicians and that, oh dear approach that are cannabis friendly. Yeah, that's it. Like there's not that many really is there. 
but I, I think like you've just got such I mean, a only person is like through community and it, it w- was a hope was outlaw but that's gone down shit and ass part of my friend yeah but, well g- given your situation you think you would be a prime candidate there for for outlaw to be coming and uh g- giving some assistance to well i should have hoped that he would i would pray that he would but he's obviously pushed me on duck boss fuck's sake like well, I hope he, somebody gets this to him out there, like, because there's a lot of people out there in the community relying on him. I promise me, through DMs, he actually private messaged me. Yeah. I forgot about you. I've got you back. I'm pushing your case now. Yeah, yeah. Months ago. Have I heard out from him? Have I heard? Jeez. Like, it's like, to be honest, I think the blog's full of shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you're alone in that. I've seen this being expressed in uh, a couple of different forums and on a few different shows I'm there as still, well recently. And I have got my face with my cannabis grow. Yeah. There online. I don't care who sees my face. I don't need to hide from nobody. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time we took that balaclava off our actually started doing what he should be doing, what he's promising people, because he's doing jack shit at minute. Yeah. Sorry, apart from blowing smoke up his own arse. Yeah, no, I, I I would agree with you there. I think oh, yeah. he's... Not... I get really, really passionate about it because he's let me down big time, yeah. big time. No, but you're, you're so right to getting passionate about this, like because you, you've, you've a lot riding on this, and, and there's people out there then, you know, they're playing almost playing a game like this, you know, creating this brand for themselves, this brand image, and, and it's exactly. just like, where's the follow-through on this? You've got all this attention now. What are you doing with it? Like, you won't even take off your own mask. Like, shine that light back on people like yourself or the other campaigners out there, and uh, let, exactly. let them get on with it. These people wouldn't be at whatever status they think they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and has there been has there been people within the community to to give you assistance and help you out uh, throughout uh, the, the whole lot of this? Phil Monk from W from We The Unsigned. We The Unsigned, Phil yeah. Been an absolute fantastic support. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends on Twitter as well in cannabis community mm-hmm. have because they sort of was there at the beginning, of the journey all the way through. I mean, some of these people on Twitter. They even did character references for, for me and sent it to George, people in America and Canada that I've known for years and spoke to yeah. on a regular basis. And they even went out of the way, people that I've not even, they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have had lots of support from different people, but obviously support from people that you should probably expect maybe expect or think would be there at forefront yeah no no yeah that's 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 very disheartening that they hear like you know um, it, it's great to hear that you know that the likes sort of uh phil monk and stuff like that is out there but you know the outlaws it's like again he's taken away attention from the likes of the phil monks and stuff like that and the weedy undersigned yeah. i've seen recently that they were supposed to be like getting into some sort of an agreement or, or some sort of a coalition going on there between them but that, that was like a number of months ago it's kind of much like your, your email from, from Outlaw at the time. Um, it's it's uh, There was a promise there, and it's like yeah. there's it, crickets then afterwards. It's not yeah. nothing going on. I mean, but it's like, it's difficult to explain because 
to me, nobody should be serving any sentence for cannabis. It doesn't matter whether it's a custodial sentence or a suspended sentence, any sentence, you should not be doing it. Mm-hmm. People, I know some people are thinking, and some people have said to me, oh, you want to think yourself lucky that you've not been to jail. Really? Do I want to think myself lucky? Four and a half years, these bastards have yeah. had my life. Do I really want to think myself lucky I've not been in jail? I've been living in my own personal jail for four and a half years, mate. Yep, this is I don't the sh- in your prison. Yep, this is the shit I talk about as well on the podcast when I uncover the news stories there, and it's just like, oh, God, somebody's lucky because they get a suspended sentence. So it's like you, you don't know that fucking hell that person's after being living the last uh, year and a half while they're waiting unless for this ca- can, a case to come up. Unless you've been through the system, yeah, you cannot have any understanding whatsoever until you've done that journey and you've mm-hmm. been through the system, you've stood behind that glass screen just for cannabis. Mm-hmm. No one can understand, so no one can even have the right to say, oh, you think yourself like you Have you been in that position I'm in? No, you've not. So I'm sorry, but your opinion don't count. Yeah, I'd agree. Because your total mindset changes. The way you view the world, the way you view other people and everything yeah some people don't survive it they lose themselves to it and it never it changes forever because it never goes back my life it never going to go back to what it were because mm-hmm. i'm always going to have a criminal record yeah always yeah well, well hopefully but, any legis any legislation change that comes that will include um a pathway for expungement like immediate expungement so i, I would see it to be there but but I, I suppose like given everything you've been through like is that even enough like you know it's like if, if the government turn around and say, look, we're going to give you an expungement, but it's just like, is, is that enough? Like, you know, you'd almost like want some sort of a written apology there from, from, the, from the queen from yourself. And I would like one from our president here, like, you know, to kind of say, hey, we're sorry for criminalizing you there. Like, accept our apology. I, I consider it then. Like, All right, so that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take it as a part apology. It'd be nice for a little bit of acknowledgement that they yeah. have screwed you up. That would be nice. Yeah. But, are they ever going to do that? Oh. But, but I don't believe anything the government says, to be fair. Yeah, but that's I don't the... think it's going to be legalised until we've got a whole new parliament, a whole different generation, our generation of people in parliament. Yeah. That's when things are going to change. Yeah. But people like yourself, um, the bold approach you're making, like um, I, I'm like I'm in awe of your, of your uh, social media and stuff right. like that. And you know, it's, it's it's some great content you're putting out there. I really love it. It's uh, I really appreciate that feedback and positivity, and it it's stuff like that that gives me drive to keep going. Yeah, no, you, you do great great power for the cause on, online there, and um, you know, just the just the civil disobedience that that's at the core the spirit of it is just like yeah look i'm i'm breaking the law here and I'm, i don't care like you know and uh I, I just love that that approach that you're taking so why don't refuse to hide yeah i've been messed about and screwed about with you that much i've literally just got past the point of caring yeah well you're, you're... And that time when things are going to change is when people get to that point and mm-hmm. just start doing it yeah I mean, South Yorkshire police have blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> They're afraid, yeah. Because after I got arrested, um, I were doing a plan just for the sake. Of, I'm doing it, and I don't care whether you like it or not. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be upfront. I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna, I'm growing. 
So I continued tweeting him, saying, Are you, can I expect you coming back to arrest me? I've got one on. I'm going one plan. I've got one plan. So instead of having to deal with it, they just block me instead. <laughs> just pretend it's not going on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it would create a lot of problems from really like you know if, if they were to try to criminalize you like would they really get away with it like I, I know anyway like knowing you and after following you now if if I was to notice like the hey Lisa's not posting and if I was to find out you're in prison I would like definitely be getting on a boat and going over there and maybe staging a bit of a protest yeah. outside and saying yeah. hey come here let this lady yeah. out like this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, even I know, I mean, I'm still on my probation. Mm-hmm. I'm still serving my sentence. But in serious, I've just got past point of to care, yeah, yeah. It's two, I've got two on. I've been dieting. And it's not just about growing plants, it's about mental health again. Yeah. It's giving me something to focus on. Yeah. And productivity and actually doing something that I know I'm going to benefit from, that I'm not having to rely on a little gangster wannabe boy. Yeah. And then having to go around chasing it for a shit weed. Yeah. Would you uh, be like myself? Would you find it to be kind of freeing to to be out there like this now and to be kind of like, you know, well, and almost... Very, very liberating. Yeah, because yeah. me, I, I kind of almost accept it. It's like, right, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to accept the fact that the, the cops are going to target me. And actually, in fact, they've not targeted me. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're well, watching me, but they're not They're not actually kicking in my door. They're not coming and raiding me or anything like that. And like, I've cannabis hair right now. <laughs> I think that they're not watching me. I'd have to be very naive to think that I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and I, I highly suspect that they are because prosecution actually put in their evidence some stuff from Twitter, but this is way past the event of yeah. what they were putting in. It were all admissible evidence anyway. How sad but is it that there was a cop actually paid to go through your Twitter? How yeah. sad is that? I know that? they're going to be watching my Instagram and my Twitter <laughs> and stuff. I know for a fact they're going to be watching my progress with plants. I know for a fact they know I've only got two on, mm-hmm. but I they're going to know that if I do push it to the limit and go, uh, they'll be here at my door asking questions. I know that, but I'm not that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we should come up with some form of like, uh, what's that thing, you know, like uh, if a person doesn't check in like at a certain time, we know that person's missing then, yeah. you know. We should come up with one of those for you so we can make sure that Lisa's safe. Like, you know, you have to check in every 48 hours and if we don't get a check in, we're, we're going protesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that they won't. I, I just... I just know they won't. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's good. That's good, and I hope they don't. I think. Well, when they got me to the station at Custody Suite, when it all first happened, they obviously have to ask you, "Have you got any health conditions?" And so, yeah. In the <laughs> face, just said it all. Oh, lovely! I'm just going to pop up yeah. your um uh, your instagram there for people uh to, to see it up on screen just so people can find you as well because uh everybody should uh go over there and give lisa a follow and you're on twitter as well by the same name is it um it's no twitter's just lisa 19576 ah perfect that's in your description here on instagram actually yeah. as well yeah because this is my third instagram account because they've wiped me out twice lovely and you've been having some trouble over on tiktok as well <laughs> yeah they keep wiping me out on tiktok yeah <laughs> Yes, well, I hope people have uh, taken down your name there anyway and they go over and give you a follow on those platforms and uh, stay up to date on your content because uh, I really do love it. I love your approach and I just love your boldness. And uh, 
uh, you, you deserve uh, all the support that you can get um, you know and uh, I, I hope they continue to, con to I hope they can please continue to leave you continue to leave you alone uh, I'm confident in saying yeah I think they will excellent oh that's good to hear yeah. and what is it you're growing at the moment Pardon? What is it you're growing at the moment? What's the strains? White runs. White runs. Oh, very nice. Yes, I've had the pleasure of yeah. tasting that in Amsterdam, actually. <laughs> yeah, a very, very kind person, actually, from Instagram, um, gifted me some babies. Oh, lovely. Uh, so you got a head start. Happy thanks to this donator to actually let me be able to get on and do what I wanted. Very nice. So, yeah, nice. I, I can't thank them enough. And your experience, I suppose, have you had uh, much experience with just growing plants in, in general before all, or is it just your eight weeks Yeah, before? I've always loved gardening, always ah, loved excellent. gardening. When I had my own garden in my house, I did my own garden, everything. I was always out in garden, so I've always enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, ah, that's the job. Very hands on. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a forum you should check out out in line. It's called uh, Percy's Growroom dot com, and there's uh, have you heard um, of it? Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Check it. Yeah, you should, there's a great community over there, and uh, again, you know, there, there's uh, another podcast associated with that as well, and uh, I'm I'm sure you'd enjoy the crack and joining yeah. in as well. Well, when I did them two two grows after I've been bossed, mm -hmm. uh, basically some guy sent me some uh, some CBD cannabis as a test of fruit via Twitter yeah. and they were seeding it. So I thought, right, well, it's a gift from God. I'll just see what <laughs> it is, just print it, just see what happens. And as it turned out, it was female. <laughs> so then I cloned her, sent two clones 250 miles away to Devon, to my friend, <laughs> via, via Royal Mail first class recorded delivery. They got their next day in perfect condition. Excellent. So Drove them to one and a half them. I get two to a bloke down the road and I kept one and I grew second one on. Oh, so lovely. yeah, this is only my third one. Oh, fair play though. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great experience. I, I've had a bit of a growing experience before and, and uh, definitely don't regret it. Anyway, I've uh, really enjoyed uh, growing cannabis. It's, it's such a rewarding plant to grow. It fascinates me and learning about the actual plant itself. It's, it's, it is it's it's good for my good for soul <laughs> yeah yeah no it is definitely gardening is uh, is incredibly therapeutic like <laughs> yeah. lovely yeah. so what what's next to yourself so um, when does your probation actually finish <clears throat> i finish my sentence on the 14th of january 2022 okay so not very long at all so no no, after four and a half. And uh, what, what happens then on that date? Uh, did you have to go to court or is it just you get a letter and you're done? Well, I've got to go back to court anyway. Okay. Because also on my sentence, which has made me question my sentence com completely, I got my 18 months suspended, my 60 raw days, 100 hours unpaid work. I can't do the unpaid work. Mm -hmm. I'm claiming state benefits because I can't work. Yeah, they'll cut so you off. They can't work. They can't make me do the unpaid work, which has made me question the amount of knowledge the judge had about mm -hmm. pre 
to report and mitigating circumstances before he actually passed the sentence because that shouldn't even be on it. Yeah, those judges will be probably half cutting whiskey when they're up there making their decisions anyway, John. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're their own drugs of their choice and they look down on us then for ours, you know, despite what yeah. benefit actually brings us. So I've got to go back to Crown Court. <laughs> so I have my unpaid work struck off my order. <laughs> I finished my order in two months. Stop, like, that's so annoying, like, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah and, and but had you been still working you know um you'd have to show up in court you know that's another day off that you have to take like that that's a, yeah. do they take that into consideration with your unpaid bloody work <laughs> i know well uh, what uh, three week ago probation sent me to wrong court they sent you to the wrong court <laughs> these guys like they just literally there's there's no level of that they're not willing to kind of sing to not a clue no Ah, uh, sausages. She's not even coming with me when I go back to Crown to have this took off. Mm-hmm. She didn't even come with me because she knows I'm going to open my mouth. <laughs> no, just, just, just get her in, get her over and done with, and yeah, uh, she don't want to do it. Keep your head held high. Come, you did nothing wrong, like. I, uh, how do they justify what they've done to you? Like, I, I just can't understand it at all, like. Madness. How do they justify the, the, the expenditure there? You know, that this room of people, John, you're sitting around, like even on the Zoom call there, like somebody had to pay for that Zoom. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> what exactly. exactly. Well, I asked my solicitor if there were any chance we could get costs from the police that day on how much it cost to actually bust me. Yeah. The amount of officers that were, it were, it were ridiculous for a, for a woman, but the amount of police that were there weren't needed, yeah. was not needed. Well, you've so about... I'm asking if he can get cost to using my defence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've like wasted funds. No, I don't think that'll do you any favours, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, they don't like to be uh, pointed out the errors in their ways. Like, you know, yeah. what yeah. they're doing is great. They're doing a good job. Like, they're protect- protecting us from these evil drug users out there, like in society, who are so dangerous. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so, so if, if they had like eight cars, eight vehicles, you said, so you like easy sixteen cops showing up at your place, like easy. So you're talking two cops per car, sixteen cops. So I'd imagine I think they'd got cars loaded up because there were more than sixteen officers. I'd, yeah. I'd double it easy. Yeah. So say let's say you're even talking about twenty. Like, what does a cop over there like? They're on about two hundred pound a day, maybe. Like with Davy, after hundred pound. I have not got a club. Yeah, but even if they're on a hundred pound, like that, that's still two grand of taxpayers' money. The the vehicles there, the fuel there. It's like, geez, this all adds up over time. Like, and how many times a day are they doing this across the country? Then they brought forensics in, obviously. Then they brought drug dogs and drug dog people in. <laughs> then my dog bit one of coppers. Jeez, I I really hope you don't ever have to go through any of that shit again. Like. And let me know if you if they ever do come come at you again because uh, I I do think that we all need to be uniting now that if if one of us goes down like you know we all stand up like that that's the only way we're going to get change yeah. like you know like I, I think and again John and I hate to go back to it don't be causing causing division in our community and stuff like but I think that the people like Outlaw have uh, got a great he's got a great opportunity but he's taken away the unity in the community that 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 work that's needed you know he he's almost leaving yeah. leading people on that like look i'm going to do everything for you guys you don't need to do anything you know get in touch with my prone prosecution service or whatever he's got there buy, buy my buy my book and and that's how you're going to learn it's giving people false hope yeah 
but but it, it's taken away to what's actually naturally happening, which is people like yourself, the, the Phil Monks, the Trev Coleman's, we're all uniting, we're standing up, we're not hiding behind yeah. masks and, and false names and stuff, we're, we're, we're out there in public. And like, you know, yeah. if there's people like Outlaw out there saying, hey guys, don't do not do this, you know what I mean? Just sit back, like, don't put your face out there. Do you know, that, that he's not saying that explicitly, but he's saying, I got this, guys. And yeah. that's just empowering for the rest of the community. So I, I hope he, he just starts step, stepping up and uniting the community now. So and do I. So do I. I mean, <clears throat> I, I literally had this man on a pedestal mm-hmm. and it, it, there's not that many people that inspire me. Yeah. And we, what I saw what you were doing within the community and how ballsy, if you like, yeah. it was with the government and stuff, thinking, yeah, I'm on, I'm on this guy's level. I, I can do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you think, well, actually, no, you're just showboating mm-hmm. to please the crowds. And you're more bothered about your numbers rather than actually helping the what you're promising and to deliver. It makes you question people's integrity, doesn't it? Oh, big time, like big time. <clears throat> like even just looking at his, uh, his Instagram. their actual goal and what is their focus, whether it's the popularity contest they're after or whether it's actually helping people what is what they say they're going to help. I mean, where's divide, where's mm-hmm. measuring scales in that? I feel really, really let down. I've been let down enough as it is with system, and then we all that. That's just sort of put cherry on top, and it's like, well, what? Who the hell is there? Ain't nobody but me that can. Do you know what I mean? So I've got to get my face out there. I've got to get it out there and do it myself because there ain't nobody else that's going to be supporting me mm-hmm. and doing it yeah. or got your back. Yeah. No, but there is a growing campaign out there on cannabis and from many different aspects. Like we've got the, the environmental crowd coming in, you know, they're looking at the green aspects of cannabis. You've got the, the medical side, which includes yourself, but you've also got the, the Karen Gray um, who, who's out there and uh, all of the other parents as well who are fighting for, for access for their kids. Definitely. <clears throat> and and the, like linking everyone together in it sort of thing and everyone sort of just making that mass stand, isn't it? Yeah, but the primary source of, of all of... The, the group's issues is the prohibition of cannabis. If the prohibition of the cannabis didn't exist, the farmers would be able to grow and produce all of these green, environmentally friendly products. The, the patients would be able to get access to their, their, their health professionals. And yeah. the, the, the likes of myself then, you know, I'd be able to go down and just get cannabis safely and not support any freaking uh, mass thugs out there, you know, gangsters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like we're not intelligent people because we're not. Yeah. Thing, like we probably know more about politics and government than what Joe Bloggs down the street knows. It's is things need to be changing quickly in a major way, definitely. At least that's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on, and um, I really do hope people to get over there and uh, follow, give you a follow. And um, I hope your your followers, you know, trumped out of uh, of outlaw because uh, I I believe people like yourself would do uh, so much more good for this cause than um, than he is with, with the attention that he's getting currently. Like so, I really do hope that people like yourself, that the the Phil monks, that the Trev Coleman's out there, um, I hope they start getting the the acknowledgement and the 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 attention that they deserve. 
um, because they're, yeah. they're really the ones making the, the moves and the waves like you know they're not yeah. making any false promises there for people like you know um so yeah. I, I hope that there's a, a growing in numbers there for, for all of those mentioned people and yourself as well included yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. No, no problem, yeah. at all, Lisa. And thanks for joining thank me as well. I've loved it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the conversation as well. Honestly, it's uh, it's been great. And I'm sure there's many people out there as well. Um, but before I let you go, I might uh, flick on over to, I, I see lots of uh, comments out there uh, coming through. Um, so I'll just see if there's any specific questions in there that anybody has and uh, I might give people just a shout out if they, if they would like to get a question in or if they'd like to just uh, get a message there for Lisa before she goes um, get them into the comments there now um, I see lots of people out there the, the guys from High and Homegrown are actually watching as well and uh, yeah they, they, there's a lot of scepticism in their show as well um, from some of their listeners around uh, Outlaw as uh, they, they were hoping to have them on for an much more widespread than what I actually thought because I, I was thinking it were only me to be fair but no. yeah that that's interesting no they, they were hoping to have him on as well and um <clears throat> they've covered some of his actions there and I think over time uh, some of their viewers are kind of like oh this guy again like what, what another date <laughs> ah. yeah but, but um yeah, I see some of the, the, the other commenters out there as well are definitely sympathizing with, with your situation John Finnegan out there saying what a hor horrible situation yeah, and uh, Billy Bond says, uh, yeah, he, he cried also. Um, oh, no, this this is because Outlaw said he was a naughty boy. <laughs> 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 he, he got a bit of a scolding. He questioned Outlaw on his Facebook page there recently, and uh, he got a bit of a scolding from him. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm getting the feeling that he doesn't like any... Um, um, subjective criticism, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does definitely. <laughs> yeah, and and some of the commenters are saying there that they had no no idea so many people were skeptical. Yeah, because I I think no nobody wanted to create division in the community really. Like nobody wanted to question the guy. I suppose we we all did want to to have this optimism yeah. that what he was saying was true because there, there was yeah. a, there was a lot of good in it. It takes a hell of a lot for me to actually sort of not name and shame, but. It, it name and shame if you like it takes a hell of a lot of that is all going against my grain to do that mm -hmm. but I've given this guy chance after chance after chance after chance after chance until finally no I'm sorry but no yeah rubbing my face in it now mm -hmm. seriously and I, can, can I ask you at what point did you actually decide to you know just just lift the veil there for yourself and just to be oh, so public as soon as I found out I'd been in the press while I was still in custody. Okay. I, there was no point in hiding. Yeah. I'd, I'd been in press. Everybody knew. I walked into a supermarket for the first time, local supermarket, and it was so everyone stopped what they were doing, turned around and stared at me. Oh, yeah. There was no point in hiding. There's never been no point. They took that liberty away straight away, please. I've never had meant no animated anonymity ever. My... Everything's been out there from day one, and that had been took out of my control. So yeah. I've so got to warn it. They pulled the rug from under your feet, but uh, unfortunately for them, you yeah. landed on your feet, and uh, yeah, you're standing up fighting now. <laughs> and I sort of thought after a couple of days and thought, I've got to take ownership back. That's when I actually contacted the paper that had printed these two stories and said, Look, 
if you want to know the truth, I'll tell you the truth. I've got nothing to hide. So then I got myself on front of paper about five weeks after saying I will continue to grow cannabis. Fair play, like uh, honestly, fair play. Um, that 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 definitely takes like uh some some. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, you know. I, I know you're out there already in the in the media, like, but but fair play, like, and uh, I, I'm so glad that you did, like, you know, I'm I'm so glad that I, I got to meet you and, and to and to you know, chat with you as well because uh, um, you're a hell of, you're a hell of a woman. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and thanks ever so much for tonight. I've loved chatting to you, and thanks to all your viewers, everyone that's viewed, coming and supporting me. Thank you so much. Yeah, not, not a father at all. Yeah, I see uh, who's that. Uh, Hunter K is uh, another big supporter out there. He's uh, Hunter K goes uh, walking here every day in Ireland um, for another patient here in Ireland, Alicia Maher. Alicia had to leave yeah. Ireland. She's in Alicante you now at the moment. Uh, she suffers with chronic wow. chronic pain. Um, but we started a walking campaign um, to, to bring Alicia home. Um, so we were just walking and uh, we were tagging our minister here in charge of, uh, of our drug policy. Um, be- yeah. because he loves to do walking and he loves tweeting about walking because walking's so yeah. healthy um, yeah. so, so now we're doing a walking campaign and tagging him all the time mm-hmm. but uh, Hunter K is a big supporter out there as well and uh, yeah. Hunter K said uh, good on you girl uh, keep, yeah, so keep it up <laughs> a lot of pro people I out there know. I really appreciate that yeah, yeah. So, someone else just commented there as well and said they, the, the strength that uh, you're showing has no bounds and it's truly inspiring as well and I think that, oh, that's the most powerful thing about a it is inspiring like i hope people watch this tonight and they are inspired you know to kind of just speak up and uh um to, to find their own strength as well and uh yeah yeah zaggles <laughs> you're making lisa cry <laughs> i'll get emotional now as well lisa i'm easily ticked off so <laughs> yeah i've known to shed a tear her a few times on on the show as well it's uh it can be emotional at times yeah it's nice knowing that i've got support out there yeah, I know. Yeah, it helps. It makes it easier and it gives you strength to continue doing what you do. Yeah, yeah so, it does. Yeah. So, guys, make make sure people out there watching this uh, get over there and give give you a follow on, on the different uh, uh, platforms because uh, yeah, you, you definitely deserve it. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no bother at all. Um, stay strong, Lisa. Is uh, another person saying as well. This is coming from the guys at uh, High and Homegrown. <laughs> thank you made in Sheffield <laughs> yeah that, that's maybe another platform there for you to go to join the, the lads and maybe to talk more about the, the plant growing aspect as uh, they, they they run the Percy's Grow Room uh, uh, forum um, so maybe they might like to have you on and have a chat just about the growing aspects of it and it could be a bit more cheerful there hopefully uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, won't yeah. have to cry <laughs> it has been cheerful it has it's just the fact that yeah. I don't know it's just such a long process yeah no we, it, we we had to touch off of some, bring up some revisit yeah. some sore yeah. sore memories there tonight so um yeah. it's not easy yeah but uh yeah anyone else coming in there yeah keep keep on keeping on lisa says john finnegan uh yeah lots of love coming in there from him as well <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff so um and i'm sure there's going to be lots more positive comments coming as well as the the show gets picked up uh, after uh, people watch later on um yeah. so I'll, I'll definitely get to have you back on when we meet up there in person i'll definitely be going over to the uk and uh hopefully maybe we, uh, you've heard of gary hughes as well over there in liverpool yeah yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking yes. he's opening up a cafe there. So so maybe we might have a catch up for a cup of tea there. And uh... oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be really good. That yeah, definitely. We we'll get the ferry yes. over and pick you up, and we'll have an old carpool. <laughs> yeah. That'd 
be good, that. Yeah. Uh, lovely stuff, so Lisa. Come here, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'll leave you get back to enjoying your evening. Have a great evening yourself, and thanks ever so much. I can't thank you enough. No problem. Best of luck with everything. Much love to everyone. Thanks, Lisa. All right, bye bye. <laughs> and there you go, guys. Uh, that was Lisa Middleton. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did, guys. And uh, don't forget to check Lisa out as well over on Instagram. Please, she's on Twitter as well, maybe by the same name, uh, Lisa Middleton, or else you'll find her on Instagram under Censored Criminal by Default. And I really suggest that you get over there to Instagram and give her a follow because she puts out some great content over on Instagram. And uh, she, she really is uh, a cannabis warrior. Um, and it's an unfortunate situation that uh, she finds herself in being so ill and the plant that gives her uh, so much relief um, being so far out of her reach and having to go to the lengths that she goes to to, to get access to it and then gets in trouble uh, as a result of that. Um, so check it out guys, Censored Criminal by Default, Lisa Middleton. It was a real pleasure to have her on and I look forward to catching up with her again in the future.